Hi, everyone. Welcome to What's Your Why, a podcast that showcases the greatness of people through their life stories. Each episode will capture insight into the lives of people just like you and I, with the intention to connect, align, and create inspiration for and with our listeners. Stay with us through our What's and Why segment, where we dive into our guest perspective with some thought-provoking questions that just might be right up your alley. I'm your host, Helen Dillon, and thanks for joining us. Now let's get into it. Well, here we go again. Thank you so much for joining me today for another episode of What's Your Why? I'm not sure if you've had a chance to tap into our latest episode launched just last week. It's the brainchild of an exciting collaboration between What's Your Why and Saratoga Horse Shows, which supports an event aptly named the Women in Business Spectacular. The Women in Business Spectacular is an equestrian competition which happens July 13th to 17th at White Hollow Farm in Saratoga, New York. Part of the event's intention is not only to operate with a predominantly female staff, but also bring attention to women in business inside and outside of the equestrian spectrum. What's Your Why partnered with Women in Business to play our part and bring you stories from women that play, played, and will continue to play a role in business associated to equestrian sport. If you have a chance, give it a listen. We'll be launching weekly on Wednesdays until July 13th for the arrival of the event. What's Your Why, presented by Saratoga Horse Show's Women in Business Spectacular, is enlightening, entertaining, and certainly worth a listen. Now back to what you tuned in for today. Megan Douglas from Coaching with Meg joined us in March where we chatted about the concept of top five. We had such an abundance of positive feedback after that episode that we asked Meg to join us again, and before I knew it, she was agreeing to be a regular on a quarterly basis. During our conversation in March, Megan and I also touched briefly on the idea of giving yourself permission. So I asked her if we could dive a little deeper into that, thinking that the practice of it might help more than just myself. So without further ado, I bring you Megan Douglas, coach in professional and personal development, health and wellness, growth and mindset, this time chatting about giving yourself permission enjoy. We're here again with Megan Douglas. We had such, I don't know if I shared it with you or not, Megan, but we had such amazing feedback from the last show that you were on back in March. And if people haven't listened to it yet, you should go back and revisit that. Top five was the conversation. And again, we had such amazing positive feedback that I asked Megan if she would join us again and actually join us quarterly because we think it's important to have a voice and important to learn some lessons in life as we move forward. Well said. Right. So I think today we touched on it last time, but we only very briefly touched on the idea of giving yourself permission in life. And I asked Megan to join me to talk around that a little bit, what it means, what it feels like, and maybe some tools and tricks that people can use to implement that in their life. Yes. Permission. Permission. So tell us, I went through a lot of my life second guessing, wondering if I was doing the right thing, feeling all the feels around that. And it's funny, somebody, and I don't even remember who it was. It might have even been you. I don't remember. But they said to me, just give yourself permission to feel that way. Give yourself permission to do that. Give yourself permission to take the day off. Give yourself permission to be happy, be sad, whatever, whatever the case might be. And I have to honestly say that once I started to implement that in my life, even quickly to say, you know, I'm just going to give myself permission to take the day off today. It changes your whole perspective on what is going to happen to you. Tell me how it works. Why does that work that way in your brain? 
Well, I would love just to kind of circle back for a quick sec, because when you say that you started to give yourself permission, can you say how long ago it was that you started giving yourself permission? <laughs> just curious. I got to say, it's pro- it's at least five years, at least. And we're not going to count your age because we're not going to tell our listeners how, how oh. young you are. But I am 44 years young okay. and proud of it, my friend. Because there is a magic <laughs> that happens. I feel that when we get close to our 40s or in our late 30s around the giving ourselves permission. And when you and I were chatting like those years ago and you were in different life situations, it's because you're finally at a turning point where you're not wanting to go with any more bullshit, right? Like mm. you don't want to put up with everybody's garbage. You don't want to put up with the, the shame that your parents might impose on you at, at, at the time of your late 30s, mid 30s of like expectations. Oh God, that's a whole different conversation. That's another right? bottle of wine, I say, right? You know, you also have those friends who some are married, some have kids, some aren't, and everybody's got, unless they've worked through their baggage, expectations of your friendship, right? Expectations of how you've always been to them as Helen. Helen, you know, the the worker, Helen, the best friend, Helen, the go-to, Helen, the daughter, Helen, the sister, the aunt, you know, mm-hmm. like you've always been put at somebody's scale of what your job is to them. Mm-hmm. And if you don't follow through, then you quote unquote, let them down. And there's a certain point where you have to remove expectations of others, which allows for expectations of yourself to also be removed. And that is called freedom. It's almost like learning to not let yourself down, right? Relearning, actually. You're, you're reprogramming your brain what's acceptable. I always say the cool thing about being an adult is you get to choose your definition. When I do a lot of coaching, everybody comes to the table with different definitions, right? Like even mm-hmm. you, if I was to say, what's your definition of success? You would say... Oh, God, that you're putting me on the spot. Yeah, this is your <laughs> podcast. I'm asking you a question. <laughs> what's my definition of success? I think that my definition of success is more a feeling than anything else. My definition of success is feeling. God, I'd have to think about this. So as you think about it, which is totally cool that I put you on the spot, because not often do people get asked these kind of questions because we just run through the rigmarole of our daily lives. We get caught up in the mundane baloney. We watch silly shows on Netflix that fill the void of what we're missing in our day-to-day personable relationships. And then when we think, oh my gosh, I have to behave the way that I once was because that's all that I know, you never change patterns and you're repeating the same thing over and over again and you're essentially not growing as a human being. But it's not until you actually stop or you have someone that helps you stop and say, hey, what does this mean to me? How am I reacting to this? And how does it serve me? And we talked about that last time was like, how does something serve me? Well, when you're thinking about giving yourself permission, and you talk about like redefining the definition of what success could be, you're changing the whole ballgame. And now it's not you feeling left behind and feeling that you are chasing the ball, but you are actually in control 100%. And that's why you feel so much better, Helen, because you're actually the one who's in control as opposed to feeling left out less than overwhelmed, super overstimulated and feeling like you don't want to go to the party because the party is being defined by somebody else. But when you make the rules of the party, you're going to host everybody. Yeah. And you pour a glass at your own party. (laughs) One. (laughs) 
again, <laughs> make the rules. What does having a drink look like? You know, <laughs> it's Monday afternoon well. and we are drinking a glass um, and it's four o'clock somewhere, right? So it's just Prosecco or something. I don't even know. But that's the cool <laughs> thing about making a, a definition for yourself and making, giving yourself permission. You can give yourself permission to do so many things when you reframe the language. And we talked a little bit about that last time, too. Is there a better way to say it to yourself or does anything work? I mean, I literally say to myself, I say it out loud, Helen, give yourself permission to feel this way or do or whatever it is that I'm struggling with at the moment or at that time. Yeah. Is there a, a better way? Yeah, mantra or a... For you, that's your way, right? And again, there's no wrong way if that's the answer everyone's looking for because self-talk is an awesome skill. And we've mm -hmm. talked about this before. When you have to talk yourself off the ledge or you have to talk yourself into something or you got to warm yourself up for something, again, another conversation. <laughs> but like we we all have that self-talk mechanism and a lot of us think, oh, I'm acting stupid. But you go back to that fight or flight version of you and it's like somebody clearly shamed you when you were talking to yourself as a young child and you were like, oh, you revert back to the five-year-old version of yourself whenever you feel less than, okay? Does everybody do that and not know that they're doing it? That is a psychological explanation, yes. Mm -hmm. When you are in a position that you're completely feeling out of your touch and you like over you react versus respond that's a big mm -hmm. thing when you react that is the five-year-old version of you reacting because once you go past five you've actually learned cognitive reasoning skills so that you can actually function properly and and rationalize with your irrational brain of how to respond you can hold back you cannot take the cookie not take the marshmallow not have the second glass of wine that's once you get a, your reasoning brain your cognitive brain develops so do a lot of people do it? Heck yeah, because that's just called being a zombie, like living in today's world. Look at the 401, the 404. Like the cool thing I love about the pandemic, it's been a, a ride that I don't ever wish that our world goes through again. But yes. you got to always, again, reframe it. And I'm so grateful that we had that experience for people to work from home, to regroup, to find out what their passions actually are, like to create their own joy. That's mm -hmm. the biggest thing that came from it, because people who were driving and who still do, I, I feel for you because you're doing the same thing over and over again. And you're mad in traffic and you're listening to the same music and you're like, why won't my life change? Because mm -hmm. you're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. That's the definition of insanity, right? We've always heard that one. Mm -hmm. You know, giving yourself permission oftentimes comes also to going back to your past and things that built you up, right? And when you were a young kid, think about people who really affected you, who really influenced you in a positive way. People who've affected you in a really positive way in your past also has an amazing influence in your now choices. So giving yourself permission might have been as a result of meeting someone really cool in your past or someone who was influential in the line of work that you were in. And, you know, like, I think that you and I both come from the equestrian world mm -hmm. uh, as a rooted beginnings. And there's some pretty big things that happened over this past week or two. I often think once you learn this skill of giving yourself permission, which I think has probably learned, and once you actually say it, do it, and feel better about it, if you start saying that to yourself 20 times a day, 30 times a day, does it cause us to be sort of not following society rules? Like, is that something that... I love that meaning thinking outside of the box. Well, not really. But like suddenly if I say, well, I'm going to give myself permission to walk into that bank and stick a gun in well, somebody's clearly, face. I mean, that's not what you, we're telling you, people to do. But you're actually within people's own like play, like sandbox, I say. It is like taking the matrix pill in a way because people are, are, the society is trying to groom us to do our jobs, keep our head down and move along. 
Mm-hmm. And I really do commend people who march to the beat of their own drum because what they're doing is finding their joy and going with it. Like being ostracized in school as a young child, let's say, for example, is because you're being different. Being different equates in the social normality of things is that you're wrong because remember, we're pack animal, like we're herds, right? And if anything's different, they die. Like it doesn't, doesn't last. However, humanity is different. We're able to kind of take those things that are different about ourselves and really kind of tweak them into being unique and being different. And I think the society is changing because we came from a fear-based model when you and I grew up that what you don't know, you should fear. And to be in the most lightest way right now, they're trying to do the same thing to us, like what we Mm -hmm. don't know, fear, versus there's so many of us in this beautiful kind of cohort of humanity who is like, let's just focus on what we can control. Let's not worry Mm -hmm. about the things that are going to be fearful. And that's called turning off your radio (laughs) and Mm -hmm. turning off the news and just like... And social media, maybe even for a few minutes. So like even giving ourselves permission, like that's something I shared with you earlier. Like I was chatting with a friend of mine and even my husband, and we both decided that we've been wasting so many hours a week on social media. Love those Instagram reels. Don't get me wrong, but like... What's it, what's it serving me? I have some goals. I forgot about my goals because I'm so tired at the end of the night. All I do is I go on these reels. So th- this is the thing, giving yourself permission, creating the new definition. And when you can do that, yeah, you, you step away from what everybody is doing and you're able to kind of not worry about their opinion so much because they have no influence on your life. These mm-hmm. social media influencers or different news stories, like how does that impact your today in your home and your town? And it's funny, that's a good question, because so many of us just look at social media to turn off at the end of the day and see what other people are doing and listening to their stories and stuff. But I think that originally it was designed as a way to stay connected. We've actually become disconnected through social media. I think it does become important to maybe to do that. Ask yourself, what is this doing for me? You know, I recently became a, um, shame to say it, but I recently became an account holder of TikTok. Have you? <laughs> yes, Dirty but let me secret. say, let me say, it's hysterical. I mean, you can actually a learn a lot if you want to. And I'm not defending the app at all, but I think to myself, what is this bringing me? And for me, it's laughter. At the end of the day, you know, I give myself permission yeah. to sit down for 30 minutes and turn off and hysterically laugh at other people making videos <laughs> sometimes at their own expense. I mean, it's wow. But that's maybe another topic, too, is just... But that's boundaries, too. Like, you're giving yourself 30 minutes. You can go down that rabbit hole of an hour and a half of conversation on oh my those goodness, reels. Yes. And, and actually, it's funny because we were chatting a little bit about being ADHD as well, right? And mm-hmm. uh, one of the strategies that these Instagram, uh, TikTok, mm-hmm. they actually really feed an addictive personality. They, mm-hmm. they feed an OCD personality. They feed ADHD because while you're flipping through, it only gives you that five seconds of dopamine or six seconds of dopamine. And then it, it's constantly like you're able to flip, 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 flip. So you're actually stimming. And so yeah. in ADHD world, you follow the dopamine, right? Like whatever makes you feel joyful, feel good. And so for a lot of the young kids, and I have two ADHD kids, I'm an adhd My husband is an undiagnosed adhd We've all decided... <laughs> Mm-hmm. that this is a problem for us because like you just get like a little obsessed with like I want to watch an Instagram I want to show me the reels I had my kids the reason why I took it off too is because I had my kids and 
we had a nice time like for five minutes after bed or whatever but they'd be like show me the reels mom show me the reels yeah and i'd be like okay this is becoming too much like when you guys are like not wanting to talk to me but just see my reels we're done <laughs> and yeah. yeah it was like horse reels and kitty cats and all those yeah, kind cute, of cute stuff things. but then there's mm-hmm. some random swear word ones that you're just like mm, not for five-year-olds but right and they don't even know they don't know how to turn their brains off yet and they don't know how to give themselves permission yet and to create those boundaries and it's completely changed the way brain function works for uh, for a few generations, I think, at least two. Massively, as well as it's also like uh, sped up people's discovery, children's discovery of things that we don't want them to know about. It even, you know, with the whole news, what's happening in, in the world right now with regards to the mass shootings and such, like, I don't want my kids to know about that stuff. But because they log into their Apple phone, let's say, and they see the news that's popping up, it's the first story that comes up. They don't have a filter for the stories. Yeah. When you have yeah. young kids, so my kids don't have a phone. Like they have an extra phone if I ever need them to use it. But like typically, geez, like that stuff no. scares the bananas out of me. Absolutely. The equestrian community recently lost somebody incredibly influential mm. that I want to bring up and shed some light on, particularly because I think that this conversation about giving yourself permission is associated to these types of feelings mm-hmm. and things that people go through in life. Barbara Mitchell was a horsewoman extraordinaire. I feel like I'm not going to do her justice in the words that I say, but she was hugely influential to me in life. And actually, to be completely honest, it's something that I didn't even understand until I heard that she was gone. Mm -hmm. And when I took a second to think about how that made me feel and the impact that she had in your life, can I pick it up? Because I remember Barb. I really like that we're doing this together because even though I left the riding world for school years and and having babies, I did, I was in and out. And Barb was always that one woman who, whenever I see her, she had the epitome of grace and she was always so poised and had great hunters. (laughs) And she and JT really did uh, show what it looked like to be people in the industry who represented solid human beings. And when we worked their show in in Barrie, I remember the first show that really branched out. It was so amazing. Barbara's strawberry social that she had was like her, her gem of the week of her show. And she loved all the exhibitors who would come out and support their programming. It was really a great time in equestrian world. It's really important to shed light on her life what it was, what she meant to people. And also in her passing, it's important to share with people that it, it's okay to feel what they're feeling and to literally give themselves permission to feel whatever it is they're feeling and to get to the other side of that. And not just to feel the feelings held, to jump on that, but also to like reach out to people when you feel like you want to reach out to someone or send that message to somebody who is impactful to you and let them know that you're thinking of them. And you had mentioned, you know, you were close with JT and Barb and during the COVID pandemic, you know, you helped them out when you could. And and I think you coming from this, you shared with me like that, you just like life is precious and we got to give ourselves permission to kind of let our guard down and to be vulnerable, like you said, and honor the influence people have had in our lives and acknowledge that they're there for a reason and just to say thank you for it. And so thank you to Barb. Like, thank you, Barb, for being such a huge, iconic woman, like a woman in this industry. Like, 
it is humbling to be a woman in any industry, but the equestrian world is male dominated. And, you know, the women that are in this industry are are amazing because you got to be twice as strong, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's funny because she and I often used to have these conversations that, A, were very similar. Mm-hmm. People's opinions of us, people like her and I, was always different than how we really were, mm-hmm. which you just you just grow to be accepting of. Often people I think that are introvert, extrovert or whatever my label is, you know, people think that you're so strong all the time, but oftentimes you're just strong on the outside and totally mushy on the inside. And I do know that she was certainly like that when you didn't think that words mattered. They matter to people like Barbara. Well, and that's probably where you also found your strength because she was you. You mir- you, you saw yourself in her, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. she she's a strong, kick-ass woman who would take no guff from anybody, but yet say in the most polite way. And you did that too. And you do that too all the time. <laughs> well, I appreciate the comparison. Trust me, I'm, uh, I'll take that with a grain of salt because she certainly was extraordinary. <laughs> but, you know, strong women are hard to come by in this industry and, and in, in many industries. And I think that especially, uh, you know, coming into an age where we are appreciative of, of all diversities and all different genders and everything that comes to the table, we got to really, the the founders, like the the mothers who started this, right? Like the founding mothers, let's say, <laughs> they're the ones who have had a huge impact with all of us strong-minded women who get to have a voice now as a result of their awesome contribution. Yeah. Well, definitely, Barbara, will be greatly missed. And again, I don't have words to even be able to express how profound the loss of her is mm-hmm. for so many people. Mm-hmm. 800 plus comments on social media about a story or how she was impactful to somebody across the board, across the board, personally and professionally. I certainly feel her loss. I certainly am saddened by her loss. Which makes you human. So give yourself permission right now just to kind of feel it. Yeah. Yeah which is really important because someone, again, said that to me a while ago. Just give yourself permission to feel the feels, feel them, move on from them and make decisions accordingly. And I think that that's important. There's no right or wrong. You know, I always say move through them because you're never going to be over them and they're always going to be a part of you. And she has touched you in a way that has given you inspiration and confidence and she'll always be that kind of other voice. And that's that's the joy of human connection, you know, and that's the, the grace that I love. With age comes wisdom, they say, is only because you've touched so many other people's lives. Like, think about all the lives, Helen, that you have been in touch with through the Ingates, through the managing, through all the vehicles of the world that you've, you've connected with people. Their words resonate. And so when I hear you say earlier on, like, I'm not too sure who was it that said it. And I'd like to say it was me, but, it you know, was. <laughs> <laughs> but the greatest gift that you have is the amount of people that you've been in touch with mm-hmm. that have provided you with such information, such clarity, such contrast, such feedback that you have these moments of isms that give you your knowledge base to be wise. Well, I'm hoping that things like this podcast help. Help with the connection of people. Of course. Know? Well, and that's why you continue to serve. Like you're just doing it one more extension of who you've always been. It's amazing to think of all the people that you've influenced over the years. Thank you. Thank so, you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I do. You are someone's Barb Mitchell. Thank you. Yeah. 
and Barb is, is always going to be in conversation with us. So we're just going to keep it going and, and thank you, Barb, and cheers to her. Cheers to her. That's right. Cheers to her. Let's talk more about giving yourself permission, Helen. Okay. So let's talk about you giving yourself permission. So you talked about giving yourself permission to feel, right? We get that. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. been on that train. Giving yourself permission to create new definitions of things that serve you or don't serve you, right? So oftentimes we give ourselves a new definition of success because oftentimes people are like, I failed, I didn't do well. And you're like, well, hold up. What version of success are you comparing yourself to? A, comparison is the root of all evil. But B, create a new definition. So what's the third thing about giving yourself permission? So what I found very hard or challenging in life that it's worked for is vacation time. So I'm not good at it. I love to do it. I'm not good at it. I'm a bit of a workaholic. I like to have a lot on my plate and a lot on the go. And I surround myself with people that are also like that. And when I decide I want to have a weekend or a vacation, I literally have to say, turn it off. Okay. And I think that teaching people how to do that is helpful. <laughs> okay. To have no guilt, to have no guilt associated to giving yourself permission. Well, guilt is better than shame, as Brene Brown has taught us. So let's go there. But when we say, okay, so there's two things there that get me. One is I'm a workaholic and two is giving yourself permission to take vacation. So share with me the definition of a workaholic. I would just rather be working than doing anything else. And if given the opportunity, that's actually not true. Yeah, let's go there. <laughs> let's go there because that's not true. Okay. So I feel like I have, because I do so many different types of things by choice, yep. that I often don't have time to sit down and read a book, let's say. But then I think if I were given the opportunity, would I sit down and read the book? And the answer is no. I think no. Well, I don't do it. Because it makes me feel guilty because I've got so much on my plate that is probably created by me because there's things that I never get to. Okay. But you would love to read a book. Oh, I'd love to finish this podcast and go outside and sit and read a book. But I'm like, no, I, I think I have a few hours of work to do. And if I don't do the work, no one else is going to do it. Whether it be housework or work work or work that you get financial compensation for or even just interacting with people. It's like trying to find that balance of just allowing yourself to do what you want to do, I is guess. Is that called giving yourself permission? <laughs> it is, I think. Sweet goodness. <laughs> Funny how we're getting there. Okay. So like, honestly. Why do I feel like this is a therapy session Girlfriend, we're going to get to it all. So I'm so <laughs> grateful that you shared that part of your life because that's really how we learn and apply it to our own situation, right? So mm -hmm. when you're thinking about reading that book, you just feel guilty. Okay. Mm -hmm. So where does the guilt of not doing enough come from? I think it's more about the feeling. And I don't mean to put anyone on the spot, you know, my wonderful partner, Guy. But I feel like if I don't do it, it's just not going to get done. But what I know is if I say, can you please fold the laundry? He will fold the laundry. <laughs> okay. So that conversation is called self-talk. So when you're wanting to read that book, so we're going to finish this podcast. It's going to be awesome. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's going to get done. When you're done, you're going to go and you're going to go and read. And how long would you like to read for? 30 minutes? Sure. Yeah. Perfect. You're going to give yourself permission to read for 30 minutes. Now, the first thing that comes up is like, shit, I got laundry to do or I got to go and make dinner. No, no. Yeah. I know that my, my amazing partner Guy, is going to be totally cool if we eat a half an hour late. And you know what? The laundry is going to get folded when I watch Netflix later on. 
Ozarks. Great. So I'm actually going to just read for 30 minutes. And your brain's like, but Helen, you have so much else to do. And you're going to talk, yeah. self-talk to yourself. And you say, listen, Helen, I know you've got a lot of stuff to do, but this is something that's going to make you feel really good. So I want you to turn off all the things that you have to do. And you're just going to read for 30 minutes. And you're going to put a timer on your phone. And you're not going to think about it until you like you're turning your phone over. You're going to turn the notifications off on your watch, notifications off on your phone. 30 minutes. It's all you're giving yourself. Do you know why you're giving yourself 30 minutes to read? Why are you giving yourself 30 minutes? Because it makes you feel flipping good. Probably. Now, here's the situation, though. What happens if it's you think it's going to make you feel good and then it just doesn't? Okay. So instant gratification is a thing that 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 everybody's caught up with these days, which is why social media is amazing. I would always recommend that if it's something that brings you joy, do it. If it doesn't bring you joy, then maybe don't read again and do something else that brings you joy. Yeah. You know, like maybe go and call a friend or maybe go and do a Sudoku or go and do so try a new thing. Because again, Mm -hmm. the cool thing about being a human is that we get to try all these new things again and ask a friend, hey, I'm reading. Don't like the book I've got right now. Do you have anything kicking around that you think would be great for me? Ask a friend. So that's not a hard answer in the sense that just find something new. But if you gave yourself 30 minutes a day, imagine this, listeners, if you guys gave yourself 30 minutes a day to do something that brought you joy, snap. Snap is right. What would you do? Well, because I think that so many of us are just sort of going through the motions in life and doing all the have tos and never getting to the want tos. So everybody, like a thing to do when you're thinking about the things that bring you joy is like pull out your phone in the notes section and just start writing down things that bring you joy, like all the different activities, a coffee with a friend, pedicure, manicure. We talked about this last time, but it's a great reminder. Yeah. Things that make you feel awesome. Walk with a friend, go take your dog out, you know, play Frisbee, play a game with your child, like, or go and talk to a friend, something like that fun. And, and then do that every day. And You know, I often I talk to friends and I have a lot of friends who are giving so much so that they never give themselves. Mm. So I always say, what are you going to do for yourself today? And if you can incorporate that language into your own self-talk at the beginning of your day, what are you going to do for yourself today? And before you go to bed at night, when you're doing your reflections of your day, which I know all of you do. I do do that. (laughs) Great. Because you're my friend. And that's why we talk. Guy and I do it together. What was the best part of your day? Every single day. I swear. That's why when I come for dinner at your house and you do the round table of what are you thankful Thankful for today? I was like, it's the same thing. Totally. Right. So to compliment that in the morning, Kevin makes fun of me. But every morning I say, hey, babe, how do you want your day to look today? And he's like, okay, Meg, let's go through my day today. <laughs> but it's, a, it's he jokes and, and makes fun of me. But I know it comes from a place of like, he appreciates it because he's like, okay, I really want my day to look like this, that and the other. And to be honest, that guy is creating his dream life right now. Yeah, he is. Like he yeah. really has manifested so much amazing things, as have I. And I'm so grateful for that. But that comes from a lot of self-talk and talk with those who are close to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we're talking about giving yourself permission. Give yourself permission to dream big. And to do the things that bring you joy every day, because the sooner that you get used to treating yourself like an awesome friend, then the more fun you're going to be to be around alone (laughs) than you would be ever before. Like if you spoke to you the way you would speak to that of a five-year-old, are they the same or would they be different? So they'd be different. Right. Because would you say, Helen, you suck. You, you were terrible. <laughs> Helen, today you did no. not give yourself, you ate all that crap. You drank two glasses of wine. You weren't supposed to eat all those carbs and you never went for a walk. Like what's wrong with you? 
Versus, Jesus, you're making my life sound. I know you're saying. I know you're saying. But like, if, unless it was like my sweet little lanes and you were like, you know what, girl, you did the best you could today. Let's try again tomorrow. So the one thing I think it's important to make note of, you are not crazy if you stand in the bathroom and actually speak out loud while looking at yourself. Have you not seen that YouTube video of that little four-year-old girl saying, I am amazing. I am terrific. No. Okay. Well, that is a YouTube video of self-affirmation. So there you go. You're not crazy if you do it. You're not crazy. You're, you're What you are doing is creating energy. And they say that the way that you can manifest energy in your day, like if you're feeling like garbage, like go and dance and just change the vibration because vibration is anything. And like, so I live in Uxbridge and our home had a massive tornado. Well, F2, mm-hmm. but massive for us. My neighbor, unfortunately, across the street, he got a tree on his front roof and tree on his back roof. Well, that day that all the trees got milled on my street, the vibration was crazy. It honestly rocked my my core. And my sisters came with all their small children and everybody was like just off for the day because of the energy. It just broke my heart that all these gorgeous trees are are dead. And thank God people's lives are healthy and, and no one lost their life. But like, the vibration is what really impacts us. So when you're thinking to yourself about like how do you change your energy, you need to change the sound volume of things around you. So that's music, that's dancing, that's clapping, that's, you know, getting out, changing it to quiet from loud, loud to quiet. You have to change something to create change in you. That is good advice. That's good sound advice. I love it. We're going to omit the what's and why's because we did that last time. And I think that your answers are probably pretty close to the same. Was there anything else you wanted to cover, Megan? Well, Helen, thanks for asking. You know, when you think about though the, the boundaries were a big thing that we talked about. When you think about giving yourself permission is giving yourself permission to create new, new definitions of things. I think that's the main thing, right? That we were mm-hmm. kind of chatting about and understanding your own boundaries. Because that's a big thing about giving yourself permission to have boundaries. Yeah. To let people know where you stand and to also share what you're looking for. No is a full sentence. Ooh, snap. I didn't make it up. Stealing that from someone. Is there anything, <laughs> hell that you think that we should add to this conversation today of like knowing your boundaries, giving yourself permission? I don't think so. It was such an impactful addition to my life. Just being able to, you're able to put a title on it and to actually clarify everything. I just, you know, sometimes think, well, this is just how I act or this is just how my life is. But you're absolutely right. You know, giving yourself affirmations, doing the self-talk, giving yourself permission, it really has helped me in my later 30s, early 40s, going through life to really shape my life the way I, I want it to be. You know, be the maker of your own destiny. I'm feeling lost. I turn to my friends. I turn to you. I try and self-talk my way through that. I try and not feel emotional, but yet work on it mm. and give myself permission to to do all of that. So hopefully, no, I'm going to change that. I am creating my life. Oh I my gosh. am. Listeners, oh my, here we you go. just knew what happened here, <laughs> every conversation Helen and I have, I always say, you're not trying, you're doing. And here she just did it. It's called like full circle. Full, full circle. circle. I love it. I used to say to my stepson, be the maker of your own destiny. And I'm really trying hard now to live by my words of advice to him and be the maker of my own destiny. And I hope that every single person that listens to this takes even that that one piece, be the maker of your own destiny, give yourself permission. And if you need help doing that, who are they going to reach out to, Megs? My name is Meg Douglas. Meg Douglas. (laughs) Megs, you have no idea how much I appreciate you. Uh, Like I said, after our last conversation, it was 
very well received, not only by our listeners, but also by me. I mean, I love chatting with you. It's always cool and casual. And I learn a lot. I feel a lot. And you are definitely in my top five. I I certainly appreciate every single second of you. Oh, gosh, you're gonna make me tear up. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks so much. And you know what? We're here. Coachingwithmeg.com. Yeah. And although we diss social media, like follow share. But to only do it for self-growth. <laughs> okay, until next time, Helen. Till next time. Do you like how you're hearing today's episode? I don't mean how you're listening to it, but how you're hearing it. Whether you're driving in your car or listening on some pods, there's one thing that I'm certain of, that this podcast has been produced with the most enjoyable hearing experience possible. For those of you that know me, you know that these skills are most certainly not in my repertoire. So for that, What's Your Why has Twisted Spur Media Solutions to thank. Twisted Spur is an all-encompassing solution-based media company that's everything magic. Offering digital solutions in podcast and audiobook editing and production, online course and membership design and development, in addition to content creation, online paid advertising management, and project planning, it's a one-stop shop of mad skills that Heather and her team bring to every project they work on. I can and will speak from personal experience when I say that Heather is a true advocate for quality, and you won't find a better solution for your digital project than Team Twisted Spur. If you like what you hear or even just want to nose around, check them out at twistedspurmedia.com, where the process is easy and the solution is even better. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us for this episode of What's Your Why? Our listeners, guests, and our sponsors, too. It's our hope that you enjoyed your time with us and possibly gained some new perspective as well. It's said that we can learn something new every day if we just listen, and that knowledge has a beginning, but no end. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be safe, be well, and remember, always leave people better than you found them. A Twisted Spur Media Production.